outbound ideas of wrongdoing and rightdoing. There is a field. I'll meet you there. When the soul lies down in that grass, the world is too full to talk about. Ideas, language, even the phrase each other doesn't make sense. Hi everyone. A while ago I opened my emails and there was an email from this lady in America. Her name is Julie. She's an entrepreneur, inventor, author, podcast host, psychic and medical intuitive. The email basically said, hey, I'm Julie, let's do a podcast episode. I looked her up on her website, which is www.askjulieryan.com and replied, cool, let's do it. Julie is vastly interesting, multi-talented and quite a fascinating human being. She's also the writer of a book called Angelic Attendance. What really happens as we transition from this life into the next? This is a recording of our Skype chat. This podcast is supported by the first layer, the 12-step workbook on working through the 12 steps in any addiction in 21 sessions. There's also a 24-day step coaching and counseling program available based on the first layer. For more information in this regard, go to www.freddy.org.za and click through from the notices at the right of the homepage. Please also look out for information on my new book, Life Anon, a 12-step guide to life for non-addicts. You can find it by following the link from the right of my homepage. It costs 300 Rand without postage. Order from me directly on any of my social media platforms. This is Julia's story. Sit back, relax and enjoy. I'm awake. I even put makeup on for you. And but I, the reason why I wanted to know if we we're going to be on video is I didn't know if I'd have time to get to the vault to get my tiara. You know. So, <laughs> so I didn't. I wanted to be sure that. Yeah, but I wanted to. You know, I know with the holidays coming up, we're all trying to cram a bunch of stuff in all together. So. I have never done an, done one this early, but you are you are my man. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so nice and to meet you. Thank you for the work that you do. Thank you for the work that you do. You seem like an amazing person, a very oh, interesting, amazing person. It's fun. I have a lot of so, fun. Julie, the one thing that, that I just want to clear up is this is less going to be an interview and more of a chat. So I've got Perfect. a very relaxed style. But I don't prepare. I truly allow, I don't know, the universe to, to take me on this road. So That's so the best where, way to do it. Place? You're in Atlanta, am I correct? No, I'm in Birmingham, Atlanta. Alabama, two hours Alabama, Alabama, that's the one. Where I was, Alabama, is this Sunshine State? Or, or what much. are you well known yes. for? Yeah, okay. very much. It is, uh, we are just right on the Gulf of Mexico, and it's beautiful here. Average temperature awesome. 72. It's like where you are. You know, I mean, it's uh, isn't the uh, weather just amazing where you guys yet, are? So I love, I love, I love the heat. So I'm, I'm not, I'm not complaining at all. Because <laughs> yeah, it's summertime where you, down there, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah and see, it's about, winter here. I think, I think it's, Fahrenheit is about double Celsius. So it's about 30 Celsius today. So it's possibly about 60 Fahrenheit today. Perfect. So Perfect. my office is warm, warm, warm. That's about so, what mine is. That you know, it's like it's going to be about 65 Fahrenheit, whatever that is, Celsius. So. Oh wow, amazing! So that sounds like a wonderful place to be. Are you born and bred? 
Not there. No, I was raised in Ohio and lived in Los Angeles for a long time and then met my husband who's from here. And oh. uh, standing behind him in line in the airport, Freddie, in a city Are neither one serious? of us lived in. Yeah. Isn't that great? Well, that sounds like, like a movie story. Like, um, it was. What was that movie called? While You Were Sleeping? This is like while you were in the line. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So you just start chatting. Yeah, I I had, he was standing in front of me, and I had this desire to put my arms around him and start hugging on him. And I thought, God, Ryan, you're just tired. Go home and go to bed. And then he turned around, and we spoke, and then we sat together on the plane, and I married him a year later. And we lived in different cities, so I needed to move to Birmingham. Oh, my word. I know. Yeah, crazy. I, huh? I, I did the move for love as well. I used to live in Cape Town, and then my husband lives in Somerset West, which is 40 kilometers so I only had to move 40 k's down the road, which wasn't yeah. a, a huge move, but still, it, it, it's 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 lifting up your whole life and relocating. It might just as might, might as well have been thousands of miles. That's right. So, so your history is really interesting because you used to be what I can gather from from, from the, the information that I've got about you. You used, used to be that this this high powered businesswoman in various interest industries. And and today you call yourself a psychic and medical intuitive. So Correct. the question I'm going to ask you is, what? How? <laughs> exactly. exactly. I tell people that I'm a I'm an inventor and a businesswoman, Freddie, who learned how to do woo woo. <laughs> ah, <laughs> woo woo. Woo <laughs> woo. And you know you gotta hit it head on with humor, I think, because people look at me and others that are in this space and they go. It's kind of like, what? You do what? How does that work? What do you do? So, yes, yes. Because I see you speak to animals as well. I do. I I am a buffet of psychicness. Awesome. So, So my friends wanted to have me institutionalized a few years ago because I I have a cat that everybody who listens to my podcast knows about, Tyson. And I got Tyson about nine or ten years ago and – I adopted adopted him very soon after he was knocked down by a car. Oh. So his one leg was in plaster of Paris. His other leg had been operated on, and he has pins in it. And at some stage, I wanted to know whether he's whether he's okay. With and how, how am I supposed to know if, if he's okay? Is he in pain? I, I, so I got a I got an animal psychic to speak to, yeah. and my friends thought I was completely bloody mad. Mm-hmm. And I love the experience. And I and I said to them, you know, at the end of the day, is I I paid like in the, the the equivalent of four movie tickets for the experience, and I enjoyed the experience far more than I would have enjoyed four movies. And I've got a tale to tell that that people enjoy far more than listening to four movies to tell. So I'm very excited. And he was apparently not happy to speak to her. He kind of lifted his head. He was busy sleeping, and it indicated to her that he's busy sleeping. In and what what does she want? <laughs> And one of the questions I asked was, when he goes walkies at night, where does he go? And he indicated that it's none of my business. It's his life. He has a right to a life too. And what am I doing interfering? And it sounds I, like he's got an attitude. He does have an attitude. <laughs> he is absolute a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful animal. So take us on this journey from um, Idaho, you said. No, I grew up in Ohio. Ohio, sorry, Ohio in the U.S., which is in what they call the Midwest. Yes, so and, and it's that, you know, the northern where, part. 
all your all your farms and, and, and things on. That, that that's well, more conservative, correct. Part of part of it is farming, but I grew up in a city of a couple million people called Columbus, oh, Ohio, in the U.S. And it's okay. if you if you look in a map, uh, it is up on the Great Lakes. So it borders Lake Erie, which is one of the Great Lakes that divides the U.S. and Canada. And it's on it's it's on the eastern side of the country. And so I grew up there and then I I graduated from college and I and I moved. I studied communication, which is hilarious. Yeah. (laughs) It's like, well, so what's that qualify you for? Nothing. You know, I knew I knew I needed to get a college degree in order to get a job. I knew that I wanted to work in the hospital supply industry, and I knew I wanted to be a sales rep, and that's what I did right out of college, and I just needed the degree. So I did that, and then I uh, lived in Los Angeles for a long time, and that's really where I started my – I started my first company, Freddie, at 25, and I have founded nine companies in five industries in 30 – little over 30 years so people say to me well how are they related and they're really not other than I I am naturally curious so I followed my curiosity and if I saw that there was a a potential for satisfying a need that was unmet whether that be in a surgical device that I invented or in the natural gas business or the advertising business or whatever, then I would do that. But, but the only, the other way it was related is I took money that I made from one and then I'd use it to fund another one. And so I felt at times Freddie, like I was a magician spinning plates <laughs> because I had all these different companies going at the same time. And I had wonderful people with whom I worked, but I was spinning plates and it was really fun. It was a lot of fun, but I always had my fingers in the medical side of the equation not as a as a provider a doctor or a nurse or a therapist but as a as a supplier of medical devices so the healing need the need to be of service of help to make better was was always there exactly it's so funny you're asking me that because this morning i was thinking uh when i was gosh in my early 20s maybe 24 25 I went to see a psychic and I, I don't, maybe you're why this came up. I hadn't t- thought of this in years. And the psychic told me this was a psychic to the stars. I was living uh, in Los Angeles. I was living in well, LA. I don't. <laughs> yeah. And psychic to the stars. And his name was Kenny Kingston. I'm sure he's probably not even still alive because this was a long time ago. And he was, you know, probably in his sixties then. And he said, you are going to do something that your, your life is about serving the masses. Everything you do is going to serve the masses. And for some reason this morning, I thought of that and I thought, yeah, everything I have done in my life, it, yeah. at least professionally is serving the masses, inventing surgical devices that made people help people heal better, quicker, faster, you know, more completely. The natural gas business, the advertising business, the data privacy business, the long-term care business, now the, the medical intuitive and psychic, it's all about serving the masses. And, <laughs> And I think we can all, we all serve. That you cover is amazing. But it's it's all, you know how people say, what's your destiny? My destiny, I think, is to be an explorer. Yeah, it's lovely. 
It is very much the, the same as me. As I always say I've never changed jobs. I've, I changed careers. Right. I've, I've never changed jobs put in, in the same industry. I jump from one thing to another. I re-teach I re myself right from the start. I have whole new qualifications. And then, okay, I'm ready. And then I do that for a few years. And then, okay, so what's the next thing? <laughs> so it's very, very much the same thing. So tell me, Julie, did you grow up with religion or spirituality or what? background are you having in that regard? Not as a psychic. I think we all, I believe we all have intuitive capabilities. For instance, we'll think of somebody like, like the example I just gave. I thought of this guy who was a psychic that I met with, you know, 40 years ago, 35 years ago. And, and here you are bringing it up. Is that a coincidence? No. Is that is that intuitive ability? Yes. We've all had situations where we think of somebody and we either run into them at, seemingly out of the blue or they call us or something and we say, oh, my gosh, I was just thinking of you. Well, that's intuitive. That's ability. So I, I wasn't one of those psychics, Freddie, who's had dead people chasing me since childhood. I learned how to do this stuff. And I grew up uh, raised Catholic, 12 years of Catholic schools, certainly was brought up with saints and angels and, you know, Jesus and the Virgin Mary and all of that. And uh, a funny story, my mother and my grandmother, when they would lose something, they would always say this little prayer to St. Anthony, Tony, Tony, look around, something's lost and must be found. And, And, you know, so what were they doing? They were communicating with the spirit. And and I think that's it is. It, that's what religion is. You know, people who are religious sometimes will say, well, I don't believe in this psychic stuff. And I say, well, do you pray? They say, oh, yeah, yeah, I pray all day, every day. And I say, well, to whom are you praying? Jesus, God, whoever. And I'll say, well, are they standing right there in front of you? No, they're in spirit form. OK, well, you're doing the same thing. Do you get really guidance so from your God. prayers? Yeah, well, you're doing the same thing. It's all the same yeah. thing. So do I gather from you that that some people do? I don't want to use the word judge. Yeah, let, 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 let's use the word judge. Do, do some people from a more religious um, um, upbringing background look at you and, and and judge what you do and say, but 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 Julie, this is not this is not religious. This is not okay. Yes, I've had that. It's. Fairly rare, though, Freddie, because my my people that with whom I work, they're they're searching for me. They seek me. So they always they pretty much have an idea about this kind of stuff. But certainly when I give talks, my book is being used as uh, curriculum for a lot of Sunday school classes around the country. And it's also the book. Yeah. But but I didn't see that coming at all. And it's being used in synagogues. My parish, my Catholic parish, gives one of my books to every family that comes in that's planning a funeral. And I oh, didn't wow. see that coming. But but I've had a couple of times, oh, I don't know, in the last year or so where somebody had said, well, I just don't believe in that because I'm a skeptic. And I'll say, well, that's that's appropriate. And that's fine. And they'll say, and I've had... I had somebody say to me not too long ago, well, you have to prove to me that you can really do this. I said, well, no, really, I don't. I said, you know, if you want (laughs) to talk to me about it, that's fine. If you don't, that's fine, too. It's your prerogative. Whatever makes you happy is fine with me. And they don't know what to say to that. But that's how I truly feel. (laughs) They're kind of like, what? But it's just 
I'm happy to talk to you about it. And if you don't want to talk about it, that's fine, too. Let's talk about the weather or whatever. Absolutely. The, the, one of the most powerful f- phrases I learned in, in, in rehab was when, when I was taught that everybody's entitled to their opinion. Absolutely. Yeah, and, and it's such a powerful phrase. So take us on the journey from, from businesswoman with, 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 with nine companies and deciding that you're going to actually um, – is the word explore the right word, the intuitive side of you, and, 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 and make a living from it? How did that okay. happen? Well, interestingly enough, I had a girlfriend about 26 years ago, 25, six years ago, who gave me a book called Anatomy of the Spirit for my birthday one year. And it was written Anatomy by Carolyn, Anatomy of the Spirit, written by Carolyn Mace. And she calls herself a medical intuitive. And I thought, what the heck is that? I had never heard that term before. And I'd been in the medical business for a long time. And so I read her book and I enjoyed it. And then back then, Freddie, we didn't really have the Internet like it is today. You know, we we forget that. The Internet's pretty new (laughs) and relatively new. And we didn't have Amazon. Amazon wasn't around yet. So I did the old-fashioned thing and I went to a bookstore to see if I could – find another book about this stuff and I found a book called Hands of Light by Barbara Brennan and she's a former NASA physicist so she was a rocket scientist and she repeat took the name of that the hands hands of light hands of light hands of light by Barbara Brennan okay. PhD cool. Cool. so she parlayed very complex quantum physics theories into understandable language for somebody with a non-scientific mind. That would be me. And I read her book. I I qualify. (laughs) Me too. Me too. I was like, you know, okay. I, I, I understood it. And it was about using energy fields to help heal. And I thought, okay. And I wanted to know more. My natural curiosity was at play. And so I called her school, Freddie, and I said, do you guys have anybody who is a graduate that's perhaps teaching in my area? And sure enough, they did. And so I studied with, with a woman named Susan Austin Crumpton for, for six years formally, uh, got paid the equivalent of a PhD in fees, you know, to learn how to do all of this stuff. And I've been doing it ever since. And so in 2015, I sold my medical device manufacturing company. And I thought, eh, I'm going to stick my toe into this woo woo stuff. Over the years, I would have people that would call me and say, hey, can you scan me for this? Can you scan my dog or my cat? Or can I talk to my dead grandma or can you check in with my spirit guides or can we do a past life thing? And I was doing all that stuff for fun. And then I thought, eh, I'm going to I'm gonna maybe explore this. And the big catalyst in this was what led to my book. And my book really led to my doing this full time. So may I tell you a quick story about the catalyst for that? Please. Okay. Please, please. please. I was at my my mentor and teacher and now dear friend Susan's and and I I laugh I say I zap on people all over the world Freddie and I and she's the only one that zaps on me you know she does healings on me so when I'm at her office I lay on a massage table 
and she's doing an energy healing on me. And my deceased loved ones are surrounding the table. I can see them, my parents, my grandmother, you know, other deceased loved ones. And one day this dead pope showed up in his whole pope outfit, the hat, the shoes, the outfit, the whole nine yards with the shepherd's staff, you know, like the pope walks with. And I said to him, and he was a spirit, and Susan could see him as well. And I said to him, well, who are you? And he said, I'm Pope Clement. And I said to him, there was a Pope Clement. I never heard of a Pope Clement. I said, Susan, you ever heard of a Pope Clement? She said, no. And he was laughing, and he said, well, I was number six. I said, okay, may I help you? He's kind of like, what are you doing here? And he said, said, yeah. He said, you need to teach the world what happens when somebody dies, because everybody's so afraid of death, especially in your culture. And you need to you need to get this information out there that death is nothing to be feared. It's really there's a glorious component. And I've responded with, I'm a businesswoman. I'm not doing that. I said, people are going <laughs> to I said, people are going to no. think I'm, I'm nuts. You know, so I'm debating with this dead pope whose spirit is in the room. And he's laughing and he just said, yeah, yeah, whatever. But, you know, just get on with it because everything you've done in your life has prepared you for this next journey. And this is part of your 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 life's mission is to educate the world about what happens. And so fine, whatever. So I'm like, yeah, blowing him off, you know. So I get in the car to go home, Freddie. And just for kicks, I Googled Pope Clement VI found out he was in office during the bubonic plague when two-thirds of Europe died. He's best known for his prayers for the dead and his prayers for the dying. And I thought, Ryan, you can't make this stuff up. You know, there's no way. So he prodded me over the years, and it took several years for me to get enough golden ovary courage to be able to (laughs) put myself out there. You know, and I thought, I'm a businesswoman. People are going to think I have lost my ever-loving mind. But I knew yeah. I knew that all of this stuff that I was seeing in my mind's eye was all true. And it just took yeah. me that long to get the courage to do it. And now, you know, it's just I don't even think about it. Amazing. So tell us about the book, the book called Angelic Attendance. What really happens as we transition from this life into the next? That's the yeah. subtitle. So and it's, it's, I have, you, a little, book- I have a little sub chapter in the book called Prodding from a Dead Pope. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> <laughs> that's a story I just told you. So, so that came about how I first started seeing what I call the 12 phases of transition, Freddie, which are, a configuration of angels and deceased loved ones and deceased pets. Your cat will be with you in spirit when you're dying and afterwards, by the way. Very happy Um, to hear that. Yeah, deceased or deceased loved ones, how they surround us and, and eventually lead us into paradise, you know, lead us to heaven. And there's a configuration that happens and it changes into what I call the 12 phases of transition. And the first time I saw this was in 2002 with my own mother when she was dying. And I had been studying this woo-woo stuff for a while at that point. And I was seeing all this stuff and I thought, oh, my gosh. At first, I thought, 
having a midlife crisis? Am I hallucinating? You know, am I just distraught? What is going on? But I could see all these spirits in the room, some of whom were people who had died 25 years or more. And I hadn't thought of them in 25 years, but they were important in my mother's life. Other relatives of hers that I had seen pictures of, but I had never met them because they were dead long before I ever was born. Deceased dogs, spirits that we had growing up that had been dead for years. And I'm thinking, okay, I'm not making this up that these dog spirits are in the room. I mean, that's just too random for that. And then I watched all of this unfold. And and then over the years, I had done that with many more family and friends who had a loved one who was dying. And I can I can tap in. I scan the person. I can tell how close to death they are. I can communicate telepathically, psychically with them, whether they are able to communicate verbally or not, whether they're even even awake. You know, some people are in a coma or they're not able to communicate. Uh, I can tell how close to death they are, which is really handy for family members who are coming in from out of town because – taking time off work you know they're buying plane tickets they're they're going through the motions and if they want to be there to say goodbye it comes in really handy plus i can communicate with the the person who's dying and get information to the family like do they have a will what are their wishes where is the will what bank is it in here's the street here's you know that kind of stuff so it's it's been really just so um humbling and um and it's such an honor to work with families. You know, it's such a tough, tough time, usually. Absolutely. We actually went through, my father passed away in July. The exact same thing happened. I live in Cape Town. My parents are up in Johannesburg, which is 1,400 kilometers away from him. And I ended up flying up because I was told that things are not good. And then he looked really okay. And I, that was the Thursday I flew up. Flew back on the Sunday because everything's fine. The Monday, we were told that he's going to organ failure. So I flew back on the Monday afternoon. And we were called into his hospital bed twice to say the time has come and it didn't happen. Right. Um, And then the third day, the the, the next Sunday, we were at his bed waiting for him to pass away until 8 o'clock at night. And then we left and he passed away at 10. Well. The first thing. The first thing I said, I'm so angry now. And this, my family said, why? I said, well, he, he could have passed away with there. You know, what? What? You know, why? Why? What? Exactly. Well, I think the thing to know, Freddie, is that we all decide, our spirit decides when we go, where we go, who's with us when we go, how we go, all of that. We, You know, all death is a form of suicide because we all make that decision. People say, well, I'm just waiting for God to take me. God's like, hey, whatever works for you is fine with me. <laughs> Seriously. So, so My arms are open. Come. <laughs> exactly. Come when you're ready. And you've got to uh-huh. remember, too, that our, our concept of time, our linear time, is a human invention. It's not necessarily spirit world time. So perhaps 100 years in our time is a nanosecond in spirit world time. So all those days that you guys were standing around waiting for your dad to go was maybe a blip in the spirit yeah. world. The, the other thing is funeral directors and, and uh, people who run cemeteries and funeral homes, they have 
hundreds of stories like yours of families who we sat with grandpa for three weeks and then Susie was on duty and she got up and left and got a cup of coffee. She was gone three minutes and grandpa left while she was out of the room. So it's all that spirit's decision. And what I can tell you is when that happens, they they don't want to be a burden on anybody, number one. Number two, they don't want anybody to witness something that may be really, really hard for them to get over. So it's done with love. My mother was a great example. My mother struggled when she was dying. I was the only one with her. The family was all on the way. They got there 10 minutes after she died. And after she died, it was a while before I told my siblings, it was not pretty because she was struggling. She was, it was not, and I think it would have been really awful. Now I had a bunch of, bunch of experiences in the medical um, world. And I also could see from an energetic standpoint, what was happening with her spirit. So it was, there was a glorious component to it, but I think it would have been really haunting for a long time for my family to have witnessed that. And she knew that. So she knew that it was okay for me to be there. Yes. That exactly happened with a friend of mine who lost his his partner with a to a brain tumor, uh-huh. and he was also he was he was bedridden for months. And my friend was at his bedside day and night, and also when the time got really close, he sat there the whole day, the whole night, the whole next day, and he got up to go to the bathroom. While he was gone, he passed away. Yeah, the stories are endless. Yeah, they're endless. <laughs> absolutely freaky. And I, I still jokingly said to him, at, well, not, not jokingly, because we, we, we weren't too serious about this, because I, I think we, we all take death far too seriously, personally. I said to him, you know what? Ultimately, we have to accept that dying is a very personal thing. It's a very private thing. And you don't want an audience when you go. So that's possibly how we felt. <laughs> well, exactly. It's it's his prerogative to decide how he's like I said, how he's going to go when he's going to go and all of that. But I think I think the other thing is in our western culture we're so conditioned with religion and culture and all of that that we worry about are we going to fly or are we going to fry when we die. So it's a matter of when we see somebody die, we have to really face our own mortality that, hey, that's going to be me someday. And and I think the person who's dying understands that. And sometimes they're sparing us getting really in the weeds as far as, yeah, you need to face your own mortality right now in this way, blah, 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 blah. And perhaps their loved one isn't really ready to go there at that moment. So what can we expect reading your book? So we well, do you do you explain the twelve the twelve phases? I explain the twelve phases. I explain how I came to be able to do all of this stuff. How my abilities came in. It wasn't just one day I could do all of this. Uh, so I explain about that. I explain about my mother when my mother was dying and what I witnessed there. And then I explain about the 12 phases. And then there's a chapter in there, Freddie, about uh, angelic assistance where I'm able to see angels in other situations. For, for instance, when somebody's in the operating room having surgery, I can do what's called non-local reality and I can be there and I can see in my mind's eye 
what they're doing in the surgery, where they are in the surgery. I can a lot of the times read the anesthesia equipment. I can tell if their blood rate's good and their heart rate's good uh-huh. and all of that. Oh, wow. And I and I can tell who the deceased loved one's spirits are that are in the room, in the operating uh-huh. room with the person. So there's a cha- little bit of a chapter about that. And then the rest is stories about just miraculous and glorious things that happened with families with whom I worked. And the stories are all, they're fun and they're comforting and they're, I, I think you'll laugh, you'll cry, you'll, you'll get excited. You'll, uh, I've had people say it's a page turner and they didn't expect it to be a page turner, but they, they wanted <laughs> exactly. to know what was next yeah. with that, awesome. which, is, which is fun. I have a children's book coming out um, next week, by the way. Oh, and, congratulations. And it, cool. It's, it's, it's called Angel Messages for Kids. Okay. And it's a children's picture book. I think it has 17 sentences in it. <laughs> totally. <laughs> but, and it's it's just explaining to kids. I've had so many moms over the years, Freddie, with little kids say, how do I explain to my child what happens when somebody dies? Because my grandmother died and and she can, my four-year-old can see grandma's body in the casket. Oh, oh, and, yeah. and we tell her that grandma's in heaven, but she sees this body in the casket. So, you know, how do we explain it so a four-year-old yeah. can understand it? And I'll have mom say, well, how do I explain to my child, my small child, that they can see and communicate with spirits, even though mommy and daddy can't? How do I explain to my child that he knows information from a past life that we've corroborated with historic documents online and this child can't read yet? And so that's what the book's about. And I've I've done it with, you know, angels giving a message to the kids. So each page has an angel giving a message to the kid. And it's it's darling. I think it's going to be really fun. Awesome. And are both of them? Well, the one is obviously available on, on Amazon already. Right. Correct? It's and available. One, yeah, it's available pretty much wherever books are sold. It's okay. uh, it's in libraries. It's available in libraries. It's available, you know, in, in all the chains. It's available in all the international chains. So Amazon is the easiest because you can just order yeah. it online. But, yes, yeah. it is. That's wonderful. I'm thinking of getting one for my mom. That sounds like something that, that, that she would be interested in reading now. And you also host a podcast. I do. Ask, Ju- ask Julie Ryan. And is this about these woo-woo stuff? Do people call in and say, I want to talk to my, to, to my, my, my deceased father? And um, do you guide, do you do this in the session or, or, or what? Yes. Ask Julie Ryan is available on dozens and dozens of networks. Anywhere you download podcasts, you'll be able to find it. And it is a call-in show, and it is a ball, Freddie. We have so much fun on that show. I, I do it every – I take, <laughs> I tape it every Thursday night, uh, U.S. Uh, Central Time at 7, Eastern Time 8 p.m. So it would be very late at night for you. But it's – it's just a ball. People call in from all over Skype if they're calling in from uh, somewhere outside of the U.S. And they ask a question about whatever, to your point. You know, can I talk to my dead grandma? Can I talk to my dead cat? Can I? Can you scan my dog? Can you scan my boyfriend? Can you scan me? I Last night, 
when I taped the show, I had somebody call in and want to know if it was going to rain on the day that she was hosting her big Christmas party outdoors because she lived in California and she was planning it and she didn't want to pay for a tent if she didn't have to, if the weather was going to be good. And I said, well, here's the, here's the deal with future events. Things that have happened are set. Things that are happening right now are set. Things that are in the future can have a million variables that affect their outcome. But right now, what I'm getting is I think you'll be good on the 22nd of December to have your outdoor Christmas party. So uh, it's just so much fun. And every call is different. And so I'm scanning people and and saying, okay, you know, you've got a sprained ankle and this and this and this, or you've got, I, I had a woman call in a couple of weeks ago and she had a spot on her lung. She was an elderly woman and I, it looked malignant to me. And I said, you need, I, I need you to go to the doctor, go see the doctor. You need to go get a, you know, go get scanned because I'm seeing a spot. I don't edit anything I get because everything is healable. Everything's fixable. But the mo- the vast majority of the work that I do, Freddie, is really medical intuitive. People just have been, it seems, to many doctors, gotten lots of different diagnoses and treatment plans. And so they're really kind of at their wits end saying, what is up? Why do I still have these symptoms? And we can cut to the chase. I'm like a human MRI. My spirit connects to their spirit. And it's like I can see an X-ray or an MRI or a CT scan in my head. So and then I and then there's always an energetic healing that goes with the scan. So something will be identified and then there'll be an energetic healing that happens immediately thereafter. I must, I must, I must go and listen to that, to that because um, both my husband and I listen to podcasts while we work. Well, obviously I'm a counselor, so listen, not while I've got clients, but if I'm not, if I'm doing something that I don't really have to concentrate hard on, then it's quite nice to, 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 to listen to that. So I'll definitely add you, add you to my list. But Julia, I want to say thank you very, very much for for taking this time. I know it's early in the morning where you are. So um, when when you said that early in the morning, I thought there's no way that I can do an interview like this early in the morning. No, 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 no. I I get to my desk at nine if I'm lucky. <laughs> I really struggle. Um, but thank you very much. I really appreciate that. And I'm going to send. Um, I'm going to put links in the in the write up to the podcast. To your to your podcast and to where your book is available on on Amazon and to your website, so people can. If you connect. if you just send them to my website, Freddie, just just put up askjulieryan.com. Everything's there. That's the only link you need to put awesome. up. Askjulieryan.com. They can get to whatever they want to find out. Good. Thank you very much. Have Thank a you. Wonderful day. Happy Thank holidays. You very much. Okay. As well. Bye. Bye bye. Since recording this chat, I started listening to Julie's Ask Julie Ryan podcast on YouTube, and I'm quite enjoying it. Give it a try. I love how Julie shows no fear when it comes to embarking on new adventures and how she decided to follow her passion. I'm surely going to get a copy of her book on Amazon. I want to thank her for her time and amazing energy. It was 7.30 in the morning when we recorded this episode. That was in America. There is no way I would have been able to be this bright and chirpy if I had to be interviewed at that time of the morning. So, respect, Julie. All yours. If you want to know more about what I do, please feel free to connect with me on my website, which is www.freddy.org.za. 
or find me on Facebook at either Meet Me in the Field or Freddy Counselor or on Twitter at, at RensburgFreddy or Instagram at Freddy Counselor. Remember that Freddy is always spelt with an IE at the end. Thank you for listening. Be safe. Bye.